On today's episode of Reality Check with Klimchek and Klimchek, we talk about the Cubs' big three-game series against the Brewers, talk some White Sox baseball, and some of the other happenings around Major League Baseball. Reality Check with Klimchek and Klimchek starts right now. here along with Jake Klimchak and Jake it was a big three game set for the Milwaukee Brewers and the Chicago Cubs and the Brewers were able to take two out of three including a one to nothing win today what did you see out of that series and and what do you think about the Brewers moving forward I know me and you have had a lot of heated discussions about this so-called rivalry if you want to put it that way yeah I I I think the Brewers are an intriguing team when you talk about like the whole landscape of the uh, National League Central, and I think that this three-game set kind of proved that I don't know if they're going to be that easy. They're going to go away as easy as they may have last year because I do think that the Brewers are a very improved team, and we saw that with the free agent acquisitions that they've made in the offseason. Obviously, Lorenzo Cain and Christian Yelich, when you trade for a guy like Yelich and bring him in to left field that makes your team better and then also going out and signing Kane I mean he is a bona fide MLB veteran that he's he's good enough to you know and he's just provided a lot offensively for the Brewers this year yeah I like their lineup we've we've talked about that I'm, I'm good with the lineup I mean they're one of the best offensive teams in the majors right now I believe uh, Jesus Aguilar is having a really good season at first for them. You have Ryan Braun in there, really the biggest veteran name on that team still, who's been there for years. Travis Shaw still an all-star candidate, perhaps. I do like that offense. And then Yelich and Kane, they've provided something that's really important to that Brewers team. Their offense isn't their problem. It's And, and their pitching's been pretty their good, starting, too. Their starting pitching has been really good, I think. that like It's been better than... What I may have anticipated going into the year, no, they probably don't have an ace and they need to trade for a guy, whether it's Cole Hamels or Chris Archer, who have come up in talks, certainly. But I think that the way that some of these young arms are pitching right now in that rotation, I think that, that that's going to mean a big difference. And, and I don't know if they'll go out and get a big guy because Chase Anderson and... Um, and guys like Ryan Suter, they're coming into their own uh, this year. Brent Suter. Brent Suter, sorry, not, not hockey Suter. player. Yeah. My bad. Yeah. But I think those guys, they still have a lot of young arms, and I don't know if they really realize what they have yet in their rotation. So before you go out and trade some of your minor league assets to go and get a Chris Archer or a Cole Hamels, I don't know if that's going to – if they're – if there really is a pressing need right now, just given they don't really know if they have an ace right now. Because guys have pitched pretty good this year for them. When I look at their rotation, it looks like they, they have a rotation that seems to be built up of a lot of guys who are number twos, really at Middle best, the and then threes. I don't think they have anybody really terrible in their rotation. I think uh, 
the back end of their rotation and guys like Suter and stuff and, and Guerra even, they're serviceable guys. They're I mean, they're having decent years and with Chase a good Anderson lineup like and that. Zach Davies, that like that's a pretty good one in two, I think. And then Chase Seen too, who pitched really yeah. well today. We saw uh, he's got a 3.32 ERA this year, and he's six and one, so pitcher of record. And he's been really good in the six in the 15 games he's he's pitched this year for the Brewers. So we'll see if that can keep up. But like I said, I always say this to you: they look really good, but they're just missing that one thing. I can't really explain it. I don't know if it's a frontline starter because they're. Uh, rotation hasn't been terrible and their offense hasn't been terrible. I don't know who you would want to sit in that lineup because uh, up and down their lineup, they've actually been really good. But I don't know if it's another veteran bat that they need, another all-star caliber hitter. I, I don't think that's it. I don't know if it's a rotation guy. Their bullpen's been really good with Knable and and that lefty I don't know if I uh, could say that. I, I don't know fantastic. if I could say that. I'm because I mean, there's no such thing as having too many uh, bullpen arms, especially when you're talking close to the trade deadline and stuff. Because you know, guys, guys get hurt here and there in the bullpen. But certainly, when you have someone like Hater and then Knable in the back end for the eighth and ninth inning, that's as good as it gets. Hater, Hater, you can make a case he's in the NL Cy Young argument when you look at the strikeouts that he's had in the in the what he's at he has like 30 innings of work and over 70 strikeouts you know how impressive that is yeah haters been really he good strikes, I would, he, he's averaging like two strikeouts an inning 1.18 era for josh hater i have the stats up right now 38 innings pitched 75 strikeouts yeah, ladies and gentlemen that's that is two, really that's good about two strikeouts an inning man and and that's just really impressive you could make the case that he could be the closer of this team i think he's got almost uh better stuff than canable yeah, too canable's not that bad he was an all-star last yeah. year and he had that injury earlier this year and so they're kind of easing him into it it's one like. of those things too probably where if it ain't broke don't don't change it don't fix it like uh so so that's probably fine haters a left-handed specialist pretty much although he can get right-handers out there's no problem there he's got that kind of stuff but the setup guy in Hader and Canable, and they're back into the bullpen. Usually we see teams have to go out and get that at the trade deadline or around the trade deadline. The Brewers actually look set there in the bullpen, so they should be fine. But I don't know if it's a guy like Cole Hamels who could bring a veteran presence to that pitching rotation, that starting staff. Uh, who knows? Who knows what they're going to do? It's going to be really interesting. But I made this point to you a while back, too, is – They've been really good for really a full year. Last year, they just missed the playoffs by, what, four or five games. And then, what, half a year so far this year? Maybe a little bit less than half a year. This team's definitely for real. We know that. But why not be aggressive right right now and go out and get something now and prove to everybody and prove to your team that you want you trust in your guys and you want to go out there and see them compete and win? So why not go out there and make a big splash right now? What's What's the wait? I think it's too early, and I, I don't know if you want to be the first team to make the first kind of move and maybe kind of – because we've seen teams overdo it in the past. How many times have we seen that? We have. A lot. I, I just I, don't understand the logic of making aggressive trades right now. If you want to make some lower-end lower, lower end deals right now, then yeah. But 
I think that if you're looking for them to make a huge splash right away and be like the first team to do it, I I think you're wait you're gonna be uh you're gonna be disappointed because the we're talking about the Brewers, a team that has one of the best records in the National League right now. Yeah. So I I don't know if there is really a sense of urgency to go out and get help right now. Obviously, once once you get to the July, then it's pretty much free game for any contending team. They're going to try and better their team, and the Brewers have the system to do it. I just think it'd be a big message to send to the entire league. Like, okay, everybody thinks the Cubs are going to win this division as when if, it's all said and done. But we're, the, we're going to be here right away, and I'm going to show you look, by making a huge move in June. And I get that. They stood pat last year, right? They were, yeah, they were in the, the right race. Move. They were close. Right they were in close. Right move. But they what they did in the offseason does exactly what you just said. That says yeah. that we're ready to win now. We're not playing around. So you could kind of say the offseason was some sort of uh message to the rest of the division saying we're ready to contend yeah I, I just really like this team a whole lot but until they get that that one more piece again I don't know if it's another all-star hitter or another uh quality really true number one pitcher who's been around in the league for a while whether it's a Cole Hamels or Chris Archer or even Michael Fulmer if Detroit does decide to get rid of him I don't know what it is, but when they make that big move, because you can just kind of sense it with this team, especially if they continue to win as much as they are, I, I think that something big's coming there in Milwaukee, and it's just something to keep an eye on. So we talked about the Brewers here. Now let's talk about what you saw out of the Cubs. I I think we've kind of, this has been kind of a trend. I think we even saw it last year, their offense not being able to score today. Yeah, I you just you struggle to look at a lineup this good and wonder why some of the guys in there are struggling. And, you know, I, I think that there is uh, there are fans out there that uh, tend to think that Joe Madden overmanages. Uh, I don't know if I'd say that, but I mean, they need to start finding production from the guys that are supposed to produce. Chris Bryant hasn't homered in a long time. Like he kind of, you're kind of relying on He's him. Still to hit hitting homers. very well. He still is, but I mean, a big part of his game is hitting the ball out of the ballpark and really driving the ball. And another thing you notice too is Anthony Rizzo. That average, it, it's not very high right now. Yeah, he may not have been like a high average hitter. He had that clutch homer on uh, yeah, a couple yeah, days ago though in extras yeah. against the Brewers. By the way, they stole that one too. And it, this could have easily been a sweep uh, for the Milwaukee Brewers over the Cubs, but it wasn't. The Cubs were able to steal that first game by getting hits off of Hader and Canable late in that game, too. The thing about the Cubs is that there's not really, like, it feels like maybe this is one of those rich people problems when you have too many, like, solid players because their bench is pretty good and they have guys on there that should could probably start. But I feel like there's kind of too much shuffling around sometimes. Yeah, there's a lot of that, but I think it's warranted on the team. The Cubs can just go, they're one of those teams that I can just think, you know, you can almost put it in autopilot and trust that they're going to do. They're already better, significantly better than they were last year at this point. Uh, I feel like things are turning around from them. Maybe the biggest weakness is that rotation, just especially the back end. So much Chatwood and and some of those other guys have struggled a little bit. And Montgomery's actually been a really bright part, though. He has, and I like what I see from Montgomery. But you mentioned the rotation. Uh, last year, we saw them be able to get go out and get a Jose Quintana because they still had like the farm pieces. 
this year, I don't know if they're going to be able to make a big splash come July. So they're kind of going to have to rely on what they have now unless they're willing to part with some major league talent. Something I've been wondering, too, is uh, do do you think they'd try a six-man rotation when Darvish comes back to put a little bit less stress on all those pitchers and then you can fit Montgomery in there to be a starter, too? That's just something I thought of. If you want to keep Chatwood in there for a couple more starts to see if he can turn it around a little bit, and then you have Montgomery and Darvish when he comes back, I think a six-man rotation is certainly something that the Cubs should think about, and we'll see if that happens, too. But but I don't know. They stole that one two days ago, so that that's the brightest part of this series for the Cubs, but... Other than that, there wasn't really a whole lot of offense there. The Brewers just the Brewers pitching just sort of slammed down the door the last two games of this series. And these two teams meet eight more times this season. Five of those games are at Wrigley Field, so the Brewers only have three more games at home against the Cubs. And I was telling you this, the Brewers came into this series one and eight against the Cubs. They leave now uh three, four, nine. So or they're Three for eight now. Sorry, they three were they eight. were one yeah. and seven coming in, and then they're three and eight now, leaving this series. So so we'll see what happens. But there's eight more games. I'd say if the Brewers can win, maybe four or five of those games, if they can go around 500 against the Cubs the rest of the way, and those remaining eight games, they don't play until August again. But if the Brewers can win four or five of those games, then they very well could upset the Cubs to win the NL Central. But I think that that record, that head-to-head record, is very important, and me and you disagree on this too. But I just think that you're picking, you're picking something small right now. If you want to say that at the end of the year when everything's done, and hey, the Brewers have a have a bad record uh, against the Cubs, then yeah, sure, do it. But right now, I don't think it's fair to to come out and say that like that's why the Brewers don't have a big enough lead in the division. Well, it's like the whole argument. Like you say, it's though, too, it's, it's too early to say that, though. Yeah, it's it. That's true. That's fair. And and by the next time they play, we'll see different teams because we'll see maybe a Cubs team that goes out there makes a couple moves to improve. You'd assume they would around the trade deadline, and then the Brewers, as we talked about, they'll do that too. So if they don't play again till August, these two teams will be different and on a different track. We'll have a better idea then. Maybe I am making a little bit that, too much out the, Ryan, of it. The, but Cubs are, the Cubs are like 1-4 against St. Louis this year so far. Yeah, and that's not like, a good start either. That's not a good but, start either. So like there's just – I just think that there's a lot of wins to be had in that division, but just between those three teams and a lot of losses to be had. Ultimately, like I predicted, I said that the Cubs will still win the division. It's way too early to be freaking out about all that stuff. All I'm saying is that you got to be cautious of the Brewers because Milwaukee has a better club this year than they had. I think it's coming down to the last week. St. Louis, too. I think they're they're better better than than they were last year, too. That's going to be another reason why the Cubs won't win the division uh, as many games as they won it last year. Yeah, we'll we'll see about that. It's going to come down to the wire, I'm telling you. But that whole argument of it's just one team that you mentioned to me a lot, I don't necessarily like that because it's baseball. You know, you're playing this team 19, 19 times a year or so, and there's just a lot of wins in that division. And then if you're going to finish, what, like five or six games back of a team, you're going to say, shoot, if we were like, what, 3-15 and 15 or three and 16 against one team that team ahead that's the difference in the division right there because of the wins and loss column and all that so I I don't know I'm making too much of it now but 
come August, we'll see, I guess. But the Brewers have a lot of time to keep this up and see, and we'll see what the Cubs do. I think that they'll just be fine and are just sort of in cruise control until then. Okay, let's briefly talk about the White Sox. Just not... They've I mean, had a good much, week or so, week and a half. A couple weeks, I think. I think a couple, the last couple weeks, really, they've been more watchable than any since that first week of the season, really. This was the most watchable I found them to be. Dylan Covey's been a really br- real bright start, bright spot for them, sorry. he's He pitched really well tonight, so we'll see if he can keep that up. And it's just, it's all about the minor leagues. I mean, it's hard, like... Because it's like, when will everybody come up? And I know Rick Hahn said in an interview that he wants a lot of these players playing on the same team in the minors. And in single A and double A, they do do the seasons by halves where you have a first half champion and then a second half champion. So Rick Hahn says expects promotions in the next couple of weeks, whether we see uh, Luis Jimenez or Eloy Jimenez come up to triple A pretty soon certainly sounded like that and then we'll see some of these guys who are in single leg move up to double A. so that should be really exciting and and certainly stuff to look forward to fans want them to call up Kopech and Eloy right now but I I'm, I kind of remain patient I, I think we'll see them this year on the big league club but I just don't understand why people are want them to do that right now I don't think that there's any reason to well especially the way the starting staff has pitched the last they've pitched a lot better and because of, because of the starting staff going deeper into the games you know how much of a positive effect it's had on the bullpen yeah I feel like their bullpen's really been better because guys are starting to throw six or seven innings Soria's really turned it around had another save tonight against the Indians so so I I do think that that starting staff has really helped. Rodon, what did you think that? What did you think of his first start back from the injury this year, making his first start of the season against the Red Sox? I don't know if Sox. you could really ask for much more. You know, it's hard to start your season early June. I think he but does I, it every year. Though. I ex- I expect uh, I expect yeah. Rodon to help this rotation. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. And he already had. Like, you could argue he's probably their second best arm in the their The thing I liked right about now. what I saw from him Saturday against the Red Sox was that he uh, he only walked one or two. Or he walked two, I believe. And his first uh, – one of the walks was the first hitter of the game. So, so you're going to – I mean, his first batter that he faces when he comes back. I mean, that's sort of an excuse there, but – but that's fine. I, I was fine with that. His performance Saturday against a really good Red Sox lineup was really good. And like you said, you couldn't ask for anything better. A guy coming off of an injury making his first start of the season. So we'll see. But if him and Kobe can keep it up, you know, Lopez has been awesome this year. And I don't see any reason why he can't continue his success that he's had this year. This rotation's gotten better and then it'll take a lot of stress off at the bullpen and some of these veteran pieces who maybe have struggled like in Avalon and a Joachim Soria I mean you're gonna be able to flip those guys if not as much stress is put on to them and then they can sort of do their job and and sort of relax a little bit like Soria has been able to do so they'll be able to hopefully draw some trade interest for some of these guys near the deadline and as far as trade interest I know we've talked about this a lot off air. What do you think of James Shields as a trade chip right now? I think he's a back end of the rotation guy, maybe a sixth guy, maybe a 
long relief bullpen guy who can make spot starts. I don't think he's in a playoff rotation. I don't know if he's big game James anymore, but he can certainly help a team and provide depth to a pitching staff. Well, I don't think you trade for him if you're not going, if you're not. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. So he is probably a playoff. Like he's a pitcher. Yeah. He's probably going to be placed on a uh, playoff team. I do think that he's tradable now. There's no, there's yeah. no doubt about it. I think that is he back to what he was with Kansas City a few years ago? Absolutely not. But this James Shields that we're seeing, he he can give you innings, mm-hmm. and he can give you quality innings. He's been going six or seven pretty pretty consistently with the Sox here this year, and it's it's pretty good to see because I mean that contract was god awful, and what we gave up to get him. You know, it kind of breaks Sox fans' hearts a little bit, you know, because Tatis Jr. looked like he's going to be a star with San Diego. But I think that now that he's tradable now, obviously you're not going to get the A-plus, even probably B-minus caliber prospect, but you could probably get a A prospect for him or a few of them. Yeah, even if they, I mean, there's there's going to be a decent number of suitors for James Shields, I think. I what look at a team like too? the Dodgers, Maybe because they've had Rich Hill with some blister issues on his hand. And then you have Clayton Kershaw, who's been off and on the DL this year and has been a little bit banged up. A guy, like, he would fit perfectly on a team like that who's had some injury problems where he has to make starts. Seattle give them depth at the back end of their rotation. There's a lot of playoff or contending teams that can use a guy like James Shields just because of the depth he provides at the back of the rotation. Not only that, I mean, we we mentioned Cole Hamels and Chris Archer as maybe the top guys in the trade market. So I think that kind of leads to another reason why James Shields will be able to get traded because I feel like this starting pitching market is kind of weaker this year. Yeah, there's those no, guys aren't really having their best years this year. I'm the only guy that makes me think like is is. The would be hands down maybe not just the best pitcher on the market if he becomes available, but the best player is Michael Fulmer on Detroit. Fulmer or Bumgarner, but I I don't see the Giants parting ways no. with Bumgarner at I this think juncture because they're, yeah, they're still is, in it. It's too close. It's going to be a dogfight between really four teams, I think. San Diego might be the only team that that's sort of going to be away in that race. But, but yeah, Fulmer, I think he becomes the number one guy uh, out of any player. Uh, for the deadline if the Tigers decide to make him available. Well, with the years of control and just his age. Yeah. And they very very well might end up doing that. Uh, I know the recent news of Miguel Cabrera going down and he's out for the season. Uh, we thought that they should have traded him maybe what, one Last or two year years or ago. the year yeah. before even, you could have made a case. Last year they were having a fire sale. Yeah, in Detroit, but they're not going to be able to trade any of these guys because their contracts are bad. They're making a lot of money, and they're towards the end of his of their career. Except for Fulmer. I mean, if you trade yeah, Fulmer, Fulmer, you're yeah, going to get a pretty big return. Haul. Like with the White Sox, yeah. we know what they got for Chris Sale. Or it's going to be Quintana, very something yeah. similar to that. You're right. going to get probably two or three really, really good prospects. And there's few teams that can go out and do that. But I, I think that that'll happen now, especially with Cabrera out for the year is it's they'll have no choice but to say we'll sell because we're not doing anything with our best hitter really uh on the topic of first baseman uh white Sox talk here still 
Jose Abreu leads the American League in all-star voting. What should the Sox do with him? This is this is a tough one. We'll if you ask I think me. they're gonna keep him. I think they're gonna. I think they're gonna end up keeping him. That and that could change for me. That that answer has changed uh, for me pretty much every week. His value right now is probably the highest it's ever been. Yeah, like right now today. It, it's it's hard. We'll see. I I don't know. I that's one guy I cannot speculate. Like they would have to be blown away by the mm-hmm. offer, and I I just don't see any really teams that would do that. Like I I I don't know. Part of the problem is is that if you're contending, usually I feel like first base is one of those positions that you're you're not really looking for no. unless you're really banged up there. Think about how many good first basemen are in this league in the MLB. There's a ton. Like that's almost that's like I don't want to compare it to finding a quarterback in football, but it's it's close. I feel like first base is a pretty important position on the baseball field. So I, I feel like if you're contending. And in that position as a contending team for the playoffs in the baseball, I feel like you're not necessarily looking for a first baseman. But here's what I will say about the White Sox. I do think that because he's arbitration eligible after this year, so that means he'll probably have one more year under contract with the Sox next year. I would probably try and ink him a little longer. Yeah. And, and, you know, try and work out a deal between that because I do think that – it's an important position down the road and what he means to this team. Like he's probably the leader in that clubhouse right now. Okay. What do you think some of your final thoughts are here for, for today? Just around baseball, just general major league baseball thoughts. So it almost feels like another like stretch and wave of opening day because we just saw hockey and basketball come to a close. So like, I feel like fans are more locked in now. For baseball, but yeah, I mean it's good. 162 games is a lot of games, so this is it this is. is good. This good time to jump right in, you know. But I I, I think it's interesting, and there's a lot of uh, outside of maybe the AL Central. There's probably a lot of parity. To this too, there's a yeah. ton of parity in the league. I think pretty much every National League division is really good. I mean that has at least three teams sort of competing for their division lead right now whether that changes it probably will you know usually you only see most divisions have you know two teams at the top and then everybody else but the nl west has been really interesting with the dodgers recent surge the diamondbacks are playing really really good baseball right now too uh i thought the nl east looks really cool too looks like it's gonna come right down to the end and then I still like the Nats in that division yeah I do too and we'll certainly talk about that later on they're probably one of you could argue they're one of the best teams in baseball yeah especially the way Scherzer's throwing the ball right now and then the NL Central we talked about a little bit today with the Brewers Cardinals and Cubs Cubs still look to be the team that's gonna win it but it's question is how much and what will the Brewers and Cardinals do to try to go for an upset in the NL Central. The only division, like you said, is the AL Central. And and even that one, I mean, Cleveland hasn't done anything extraordinary so far. Uh, their bullpen's really struggled this year. It's one of the worst in the, uh, in the MLB. And then the Twins, they're a little bit of a disappointment just given the offseason they had, just bringing in guys like Addison Reed and 
Fernando Rodney at the back end of their bullpen. How many times but... do we see a team that like we weren't expecting to make the postseason, like we did see the Twins last year make the postseason? How many times do we see that and then kind of another disappointing year the year after? You see that a lot. You know, they may have peaked a little too early or played over their heads. I think those are the terms that people like to say. We'll see, though. I mean, the winner of the AL Central at this pace could have like a 500 record. So if, if that's the case... Then maybe the Twins will be in this thing. I think 86 or 87 games wins it. Maybe even a few less. Probably. You're probably right. At this at but this pace. Just, I, I think there's a huge drop-off just as far as pitching between Cleveland and Minnesota. The starting then, staff. Also, the offense of uh, Cleveland, I think it looks pretty good. Yeah, it... It's streaky, but I that I just think that they're gonna they're gonna be able to coast through the year, and there's a lot of there's a lot of wins in that division for them. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, I like Barrios, the job he's done for the Twins. He looks like he's gonna be a stud in that rotation, and that's something that the they year, haven't really seen. How about the year Eddie Rosario's having? He's having a really good year too. I don't know. Just keep an eye on the Twins. That's all I'm saying is. Is they they're not they're a little disappointing right now, but I think they might be in that thing uh, till the end. Well, but heck, it was kind of similar, like a similar feeling. I don't think the Twins were under 500, but Cleveland went on that big winning streak last year, and the Twins and uh, Indians were pretty close at the top of the AL Central. Yeah. Until Cleveland went on that winning streak, we'll see if anything, if anything happens with those two teams. But yeah. it's interesting. How about? The, one of the biggest surprises this year for uh, baseball, I know we want to wrap it up here soon, but the Seattle Mariners, I think they're one of the baseball's best stories this year. Yeah, definitely. How about that postseason drought they're trying to erase? And, and doing this and having this continued success, even with the big Robinson Cano news coming back uh, from a few weeks ago, like that, I, I thought that that was something that you would immediately see a team that would struggle right at right after receiving that news that their best players suspended 80 games and then he wouldn't be eligible to return in the playoffs. I thought that that was something that we'd see the Mariners just sort of struggle a little bit right after that news and and taking that news with one of their best players, if not the best player on the Seattle Mariners, uh, being out for the whole year. But we'll, I, I don't know. We'll see what they can do. The biggest thing with them is Paxson's looked like an ace this year. And if, if he can keep that up, then... King Felix is still good. He's not what he used to be, but he's still really good number two or number three now in that rotation. Uh, they could keep this up, definitely. But yeah, that about does things here for Reality Check with Klimchak and Klimchak. He is Jake Klimchak. I'm Ryan Klimchak. Thank you so much for listening. So long, everybody. <laughs>